FM News Talk 97.1. Podcast. The following is a paid program. I guess we better do a show. Here. Yeah, it's time to do a show. <laughs> Wake up. How you doing, Dr. I'm Jones? Doing just, I'm doing great. How about uh, you? You know, we were just uh, talking before the hour. I feel like this was like uh, an Ion Health Week for me. I, I, I saw, you know, a quarter of our regular guests <laughs> over the course of this week or, or yeah. got to speak with them. The whole idea of concept for this show years ago was we just wanted to get free medical advice. That's right. That's right. And here we are, our own best customers. <laughs> and we really have. Like, we see all the people that come in. To- well, but I think it's an important point for listeners. You know, it's when when we have guests on the show, and, and there's times where we, you know, we have guests on just because we're interested and want to understand, uh, but most of the guests, especially ones you hear over and over, <laughs> these are people that we're really interested in, you know, just what they're doing, how they're, you know, how they're serving patients and, and all of that. And, uh, and, and some of the best folks in, if I, you know, I'll go on a limb here, the best <laughs> right. medical professionals in the St. Louis area. There actually are physicians, right? They, I think yeah. we see literally every person well, that comes in here. And, and it's amazing to me just going out about in, in, uh, my personal life, we run into folks in the medical community who are listening to the yeah, show, right. <laughs> who are familiar with it. And, and it's just a great, uh, a great, not only a great platform, but also I think a great uh, a service to the listeners. So just, just know that like, this isn't an infomercial here. <laughs> uh, we're, we're personally passionate about bringing we, you guys. We really uh, are for many years now, actually. Yeah. Time flies. By the way, my name is Michael Jones. I got Eric Beto, Robert running the boards over there. What's going on, doc? I, you know, just living life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, we got a great show for you today. Got some interesting articles that were in the, you know, the, oh, the mainstream media, uh-huh. anytime uh, a health-related uh, topic kind of gets into the public consciousness from the mainstream sure. media, I like to talk about it on air. A lot of these things are based on studies that uh, maybe are very strong or powerful studies, and then some of sometimes are based on studies that are very, very weak but have some sort of provocative headline that can, you know, really uh, move articles, uh, become clickbait. So we want to look at those. So I'm going to talk a little bit about um, uh, high-dose vitamin C Mm -hmm. because it's been in the media lately as a potential treatment for cancer. And, you know, at first blush, you're like, oh, man, (laughs) how many billions of dollars have we poured into treating cancer when I could have just been eating oranges? (laughs) Uh, yeah. Of course, of course yeah. it's not that simple. <laughs> yeah, never <laughs> Of is. course, it's not that simple. But, you know, when you see the, the headline mm-hmm. um, on the mainstream media or on the Internet, it, it's such a, a powerful thing. You know, everyone knows someone that's been affected by cancer um, and how devastating it is. So you, you want to click on it. Yeah. Um, but I want to look at a couple of the studies that it was based on. And 
I guess, uh, I guess, fortunately or unfortunately, some of those studies are pretty weak. Well, yeah, I think we're, this is a theme, at least in the last uh, year or so, that that uh, I've seen as a consumer with these medical studies. Of course, I have to pay a little bit more attention to medical news than maybe the average right, right. Uh, consumer out there. But we're seeing a lot of the micronutrient studies that f- have become kind of uh, almost the equivalent of an old wives' tale at this point. Everybody knows. If you're feeling lethargic and ever you should just take vitamin D, right? Well, then now we find out maybe it was actually the sunlight, yeah, not the vitamin yeah. D. And, and conversely, you're getting a little bit under the weather. Mm-hmm. Take some vitamin C, yeah. right? Um, so let's, yeah, we have actually. It's kind of gotten into our show a little bit. It has, almost, yeah, you know, very, very. Um, there's several uh, articles or uh, topics for the show. And eventually leads into some of these micronutrients. And it is good they're at least doing research on it now. Um, so we can avoid the old wives' tale phenomenon. Well, I think that over like the nothing next... Nothing against old yeah. wives. No, no, they're <laughs> great. They're fantastic. Some of the best wives out there, right? Uh, yeah, and apparently they're full of knowledge because yeah. they got all these tales, you know? Well, that, that's what's interesting about, uh, especially when whenever we discuss the more, uh, the, the less clinical side of health. And uh, anecdotes aren't invariably a bad thing just because there isn't a clinical study to back up some common sense knowledge on how to you know take care of your health we see that a lot in the strength training area you know for decades people who you thoughtfully approached functional strength training now we're not talking about crazy bodybuilders shooting themselves up with steroids we're talking about (laughs) health and fitness you know anybody who was doing it knew it worked but it wasn't until relatively recently, and even then, the studies that sure. are doing it still aren't, sure. you know, following a five by five program or right. something like that. You know, they're seeing though the benefits of strength training. Likewise, for a long time, you know, supplements and and multivitamins and and micronutrient supplementation, things like that. There's been a general disposition, sometimes maybe taken, often maybe taken too aggressively, that everybody should be doing this, but. We, the, the studies of the micronutrients themselves are just now starting to catch up with uh, the behavior. And right. that'll, I think that'll form better products. Well, sure, yeah. And the more you can scientifically study something, the more you can tailor it um, to actually improve our health, not just go based on, well, my friend's friend did this. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in strength training, we call that bro science. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's what it's called. They're like, yeah. oh, well, that guy over there, he's really big. He does this, this, and this. What they're not telling you is he's also shooting up with a lot of steroids. That's, that's right. Why that's he right. Looks like that. Yeah, that, that guy over there who yeah. flares his elbows every time he bench presses. I guess that's how you do it. <laughs> right, Worked right. for him. Working for him, right? Yeah. Um, so it is good that there's actually some literature on this. Now, some of the vitamin C stuff, and we've touched on this in the past, goes back decades, mm-hmm. decades, but some of it's relatively new. So anyway, I just want to look at that. It's kind of interesting. All of us are aware of vitamin C. So I just, I, it was in the mainstream press over the last couple of weeks because of its potential role for uh, cancer treatment. So I want to look at that. Um, and so we'll talk about that, go over some of the studies. Also want to look at, we've, we, we often talk about this on the sh- uh, show, is fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the last decade, there really has been an effort from fast food chains to at least have healthy choices on sure. the menu. Now, no one may be ordering those healthy choices, but at least if they put them on the menu, they can say they're trying, right? And so there was a study just out this week that looked at this trend. I think it's comparing menus from 1986 to 1991 Mm -hmm. to today. So it's kind of got this uh, uh, cross-section of menus. And let's see... Are fast food chains, are, are we really becoming healthier? Are they all, uh, on average, are these meals lower calorie, lower yeah. fat? Well, uh, you know, 1986. I think, the, yeah. I think we all know what the answer is, but. You know, 1986 as a barometer, you know, is, is interesting because that's before 
that what used to be a large is now a medium and what used to be a, a super size is now a large and right. you know all of that scope creep in terms of the uh, the size and, and volume one thing that, of what you that I found interesting on this study was there was a period I want to say maybe 10 years ago where they had like super super sizing really I yeah. missed that. Um, and it was like, uh, well, I think they did this documentary on it, Super Size Mirror. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking humongous portions. Those have actually gone away. Right. Um, and so I was a little surprised, though, when I read this study, that if you're looking as an average, yeah. even though they took the <laughs> the giant super meals away, yeah. you're gonna, I, you'll are gonna you be surprised or maybe not surprised what the results of this study yeah, <laughs> yeah. show. Um, so we've got a couple interesting things we can look at uh, today. Um, we got to go to our first break, so uh, stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to be talking about um, the potential benefits of high-dose vitamin C um, and look at some of the studies involved with that. So stay tuned for more Eye on Health after these words. All right, welcome back. It's Eye on Health. My name is Michael Jones. I've got Eric Beto Robert running things over there. Hope everyone's having a great weekend. I guess it's Mardi Gras weekend. It is Mardi Gras weekend. The older I get, the farther away I get from knowing when Mardi Gras weekend I, is. Right there. So <laughs> the only reason I used to know was at the old studio. We were <laughs> yes. you know, just on the edge of yes. being in the thick of it, and yes. so you couldn't avoid it. And, and over here... I, I wasn't expecting anything, but there's a couple roads that are that are shut down, but yeah. nobody's out there right now. There's uh, some people mil- you, milling around for the for the edification of the listeners. We're at Tucker and Olive, so that's nowhere near Soulard. That's why we don't <laughs> see anybody. It could be totally popping over there. I was surprised on my drive in, though. There are people milling around. Abs- with, there always are with their beads on. I, it's cold out there, so hopefully no one's earning those beads uh, the appropriate. Is way. there a uh, is there a temperature setting where you go? Maybe I'll swing by Mardi Gras. Or you just? I'm, it seems like to me, if I'm just going back, we have had such cold Mardi Gras here for like ten years. I know, yeah. But I remember a couple because from the old studio, there's there's two or three years, and it's been a while where it was like upper mid, you know, upper yes. mid fifties or a even low sixties. Oh, and it was a crazy. nightmare. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, I was just like, I was just wishing I could roll over people with my Buick so I get home. I was tired. <laughs> my <you> answer, <laughs> my answer for the temperature question. I think there's a mathematical formula that somehow involves your age, uh-huh. uh, how much beer you like to drink, yeah, as to what temperature you're willing to yeah. accept. <laughs> well, I think disposable income comes in there too, because if I can just get a flight to somewhere warmer and not oh, have sure. all the people around, I'll just go do that. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, hopefully everyone's having, uh, I guess, a good Mardi Gras weekend. Yeah. And you know, we, we don't, uh, uh, we haven't talked about this much, but you know, Mardi Gras means Lent soon. That's right. It means people might be thinking about healthy decisions to make. I, I, and I, uh, I mean, I guess I'd have to look on my phone, but I guess that means Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Yeah, presumably, and Tuesday so. would be Fat Tuesday. I guess that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do, do you uh, do you ever give anything up for Lent, um, Doctor Jones? You know, as a kid, when yeah. you know you you it's it's a, what's a, again the it seems like the further out I get from it. Um, the less I focus on it, but I probably should. Sometimes I use it as a trigger, just to be like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm sure. not really a, 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 I'm not a practicing Catholic for the record, but I am, a, I am a Christian." Um, but it's like, oh, yeah, you know, not a bad idea to give up this habit for the next six weeks. See how it goes. Um, there was a period of time, I'm guessing, when I was getting into high school, um, where the Catholic Church wasn't necessarily focusing on taking something away, but maybe Do something doing good. something yeah. good during yeah. Lent. Um, so not only can you just not like eat uh, chips or something right, you know, right. or stop drinking soda. I think if you probably pulled the people I know, the number one thing people say uh, for uh, for Lent is I'm going to stop drinking soda. Sure. 
<laughs> sure. I mean, that's what about, like a pretty common one. Now, what about in your case, are, are you going to maybe take more vitamin C yeah, this Lenten may, season? Possibly. Um, it depends on what these studies show. Hey, I just, I'm still trying to look up, uh, are we, we're for sure that Tuesday is Fat Tuesday, right? I don't want to lead uh, our listeners astray. I, right? I will, I will verify that momentarily <laughs> right. so you can focus on the content <laughs> okay. of the show. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, in the, in the, the media over the last couple of weeks, uh, the answer is yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. So we'll see. Hey, there we are. Once again, we're correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, we've got like a, 90, not even a medical 90%. issue. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in the mainstream media this week. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. there are reports of high doses of vitamin C um, being a potential treatment for certain types of cancers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we we're mentioning in the lead up to this, that's kind of a clickbait headline because clearly vitamin C is not going to cure cancer. Right. I'm sure doctors would have figured that one out a couple hundred years ago <laughs> if yeah. that were the case. Yeah. Um, but there must be something to it, right? Sure. There's got to be some sort of kernel of truth in there. And so we're going to dig into a couple of those studies. But before we get to that, let's just talk about high-dose vitamin C in general. Yeah. I know we've talked about it on the show before, particularly Linus Pauling, mm-hmm. right, the famous scientist right. who was notorious. I, I want to say just off the top of my head, he took like 20 grams of vitamin C a day. Wow. Again, I'm not grams. Gonna, grams. 20 grams. grams. So, so what is it, like 75 to 90 milligrams is the government right. recommended right, 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 optimal right. dosage beyond that and he lived to be like 100 and never yeah. got sick or anything again i'm not i'm not telling people to go take that much but that's what linus pauling did he yeah. kind of became famous for that even he wrote books on sure. it later on in life and it's not like he was some sort of schlub he was a you know very he was a, that's uh, a lot of pills it, how do you it, take 20 it's a, grams it's a nobel winning science uh, nobel yeah. prize winning scientist um twice i believe he won wow. it twice which is so it wasn't like he was just uh, one of these crazies. <laughs> yeah. Um, he clearly had reasons for doing it. But there must be something to it, right? So in general, you, you mentioned 75 to 90 milligrams, right, mm-hmm. is what the government recommends. But remember, that's just enough to keep you from getting like rickets. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. right. Uh, that's enough. For, that, that's scurvy. like the minimum number yeah. right there, right? I mean, that's uh, – so that's what they recommend to prevent uh, sort of um, disease from not, from malnutrition. Yeah. Um, Somewhere there's a happy medium between 75 milligrams and 20, 20. grams, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but there are studies done, um, many studies. In fact, UCLA did a study. It was a 10-year study. And remember, we talked about looking at the power of studies before. Let's look at over time. So 10 years, that's a pretty good chunk of time. And let's look at the size of the study. 11,000 people. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that study then from UCLA has, is for over 10 years with 11,000 people. There is good power in that study. And what they found was um, people that took uh, 800 milligrams on mm-hmm, average, mm-hmm. that would you, you would have to supplement your diet to get 800 milligrams. Okay, you're not going to get that through food unless you're eating several oranges throughout the day. So 800 milligrams lived about six years longer than people that just got the government yeah. minimum. When, and just if you're thinking of like a standard, you know, medium-sized navel orange, you would have to eat about 16 oranges right. to get your... 800 milligrams. So clearly the people in this that were getting that, they were supplementing, right? They were taking either a multivitamin that had extra vitamin C Mm -hmm. in it or actual vitamin C supplementation. You would have to to get that much, but this study showed you could live on average six years longer than if you just got the government minimum. Six years. That's nuts. That's all right. I mean, that, you feel again, good about the study? Well, it's got a lot of power to it, right? I mean, huh. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's always very hard to say direct cause and effect. Right. But in this study, they did control for everything. They controlled for smoking, for education levels, for race, for other diseases. 
they if they controlled for all of those and found that even when you controlled for those variables the one difference that was there for some patients yeah. was the vitamin C and on average they live longer they also showed in this study that particularly for women it decreased their cardiovascular deaths oh, I'm sorry I'm sorry for men particularly for men decreased their cardiovascular deaths by 42% sure wow <laughs> that's, that's, huge. that's huge now for women 25% reduction so question for you I mean, you know, one one thing that I've noticed, and it's common sense, but with with you know, really good medical doctors such as yourself and the guests we have here is, uh, there's a lot of gray areas in medical science, right? And uh, a lot of it's risk based. So there are there are substances why prescription medications exist. By default, if it's a prescription medication, there's probably some negative side effects yes. where we don't want just anybody to go take yes. it. But it's you're trying to treat something where the side effects are balanced with the uh, uh, approach that you're taking there. Are there major negative side effects you know, okay. to... Uh, absolutely, yeah. You know, well, what is vitamin C yeah. but ascorbic acid? Yep. Acid, right? Yeah. If you take too much of it in, it can tear your stomach up. Wow. And um, there are studies that show if you take too much, especially at one time, mm -hmm. not only does it tear your stomach up, it can tear the lining of your whole intestines oh my up goodness. and can cause inflammation, even though it's supposed to be fighting inflammation. So the number one side effect of this much intake of, a, of an acid, any type of acid, mm -hmm. is the formation of ulcers. So would general guidance be if you're going to take something like a 500 or 800 or 1,000 milligram dose of vitamin C per day, that uh, that gets spread out throughout the day. It's exactly what these studies show. If the, the more you spread it out, the less side effect there is. And just like everything else we talk about on the show, it's all everything in moderation, yeah. right? Do you really need twenty grams like Linus Pauling was taking? <laughs> Probably not. That's an but awful lot of vitamin C. What did he C. take to keep? Who I mean, you have to think yeah. that. Um, you know, like again, I'd have to look at. He did put a book out about how he was able yeah. to get that much. Um, but one study suggests. Um, Taking, uh, especially if you have a cold, a gram of vitamin C every hour for six hours. And, th and so that gets you six grams right there while you have a cold, but spreading it out over that six-hour time period. There was a study done on that that looked at the effect of cold and flu symptoms mm -hmm. if you took that dosage of vitamin C, one gram, Every hour for six hours when you first noticed it, and this, there was a 50% reduction in symptom, symptoms of cold and flu Wow! if you took it that way. Wow. So there is definitely something to it, but spreading it out can definitely help lower the, the negative side effects. So, I mean, it, it sounds like I, this, is, this is actually, uh, it's not new to me in the sense that I've heard about high-dose vitamin C supplementation. I've never really done it. You know, I have a multi good multivitamin and things like that, and I just always assumed that was enough. And am I thought on supplement excess supplementation was always you're just pouring water down the down drain the toilet yeah yeah or toilet yeah especially a vitamin c which is a water soluble vitamin right yeah the more excess you take in you are going to be using a, losing a lot of that in the urine but it sounds like there may be something to but this there's definitely and something to it about especially spreading out these doses and remember when you're looking at it, look at the power of the study yeah and that ucla study had quite a lot of power if i'm looking at it scientifically based on the number of years the number of people enrolled and how they controlled for other factors and an average of six-year life uh, increased life expectancy. So, hey, we get, we're running up against a break yep. here. When we come back, we're going to have uh, more uh, data on vitamin C, more eye on health after these words. Women. All right. Take your shot. 
lot of vitamin C over the break. Yeah, I, I didn't, but I'm going to go get some. I don't yeah. think there's any vitamin C in my orange LaCroix. <laughs> it's I orange, at yeah. least. Um, I was freebasing some orange peels out. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, folks, what we were talking about, by the way, this is Eye on Health, talking about um, <clears throat> in the mainstream media, high-dose vitamin C as a potential cure for cancer. And I, I, want, I do want to get to that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, I, we had a lot of other things to talk about. But so we talked about a large study from UCLA that really did show benefit for what we would consider a, a moderately high dose of vitamin C. People that took 800 milligrams lived an average of six years longer than those that took the government minimum mm-hmm. of 60 milligrams. And a 42% reduction in cardiovascular events in men, 25% reduction in women. Real quick, another thing in that study showed that one of the main reasons there were less cardiovascular deaths in men was because the high-dose vitamin C stabilized cholesterol plaques in your arteries. Interesting. Um, And those patients that have chronic vitamin C deficiencies show that those plaques are very unstable. And when they're unstable, then they rupture and go up to your brain and cause a you know, stroke. Sure. Um, so they believe that's a main reason as to why it's reducing cardiovascular events is stabilizing the cholesterol plaques that are there. Well, so, so Dr. Jones, I'm in my early 30s, okay? And what I'm starting to realize is all those things that you hear people talk about as they progress through their 30s and especially when they hit 40 yeah all, all of a sudden it's like man. wait i'm not young anymore right. what happened yes right uh that's the story of my life yeah and, yeah. and so things like heart disease blood pressure cholesterol all, all of those it's just a non-event for me uh, historically i'm just like i don't have heart it disease in the future right yeah, yeah yeah but now i'm realizing you know what i better start paying attention to these things because i don't want to wind up behind the eight ball when i'm 40 or 42 that's exactly uh, so, right. So, yeah. you know, high dose vitamin C uh, supplementation may be something to consider, obviously, in consultation with your doctor. Are there other things that, you know, you're, you're, you're about 10 years ahead of me? Yeah. What, what, if you're in my shoes, where are you going? Obviously, hit the gym. You're already doing, you're already yeah. course corrected um, because you've seen the ravages of time on me. And so you're <laughs> like, well, I don't want to be where he is. No, no. So you I'd be happy corrected. with that. I think you're doing all right. <laughs> We course corrected. Uh, um, so I think you're doing the right things, right? I mean, uh, you know, you're not eating fast food every single day. And, right. and we've done show after show on you know, everything in moderation. If you're busy and you got to swing through sometime, that's fine. But, you know, don't make it an everyday habit. Yeah. These aren't uh, rocket science things. I know we want to pretend like they have to be rocket science, but they're not. These are these are basic common sense sort of things. Sure. But supplementing with a multivitamin that has extra vitamin C in it compared to what you'd get from a dietary source is probably a good thing. You don't need 20 grams like Linus Pauling, but you know, these studies are very real and there's good power to them. I have to believe them as a scientist because they're powerful. So we mentioned the risk uh, because it's at the end of the day, absorbic acid and, and that can have problems with your stomach lining and esophagus and so forth. Are there certain populations that would be more at risk with that exposure than others? If you're already having those issues, know, tendencies basically towards those, you've got to be really careful. Um, what's interesting though, is there are studies that show in moderately high doses, mm-hmm. it can actually actually treat the bacteria that causes ulcers, wow. right? You know, the, the our understanding of ulcers, maybe we need to do a whole show on it. Our understanding of ulcers has changed dramatically over the last 20 years. Yeah. And when I was in my training, it was just starting to be realized that there's a bacteria, H. pylori, mm-hmm. that actually is a significant cause of ulcer, ulceration. And there are studies that show vitamin C reduces those that particular bacteria. 
Um, but if you take too much of something, of course, that's that acidic, it can definitely yeah. tear you up. So you just have to be careful and spread the dosing out like the other study mentioned. Um, real quick before we get to the cancer data, we talked about a UCLA study. There was another study that came out kind of right before it. Again, let's look at power. This was 20,000 adults, okay? Mm-hmm. That is a, that's a large size. In this group, they also controlled for every variable you could control for. Um, age, blood pressure, current cholesterol levels, smoking, the usual things you'd want to control for. And they found that those people that were, um, the people that had the lowest level of vitamin C in their body had a, had a much higher chance of dying over the four year course that this study looked at. In fact, they had double the chance of dying compared to those that had higher vitamin C in their blood. Um, those people were twice as likely to die over that four-year period. Again, wow. It's very hard to look at cause and effect, but these are two very powerful studies to say there's something to this high-dose vitamin C. There's something to it. Maybe it benefits us to take a little bit more than what we're just getting in. And remember, the government recommendation is just to keep you from getting malnutrition. <laughs> and generally, uh, the government recommendations are... Uh, they, I mean, they exist for a reason. They've had some level of uh, a clinical backing to them, but they may be outdated. They don't necessarily get updated along with the latest medical science and, uh, you know, not a blueprint for how to manage your nutrition per se. Now, let's get to what was in the media, which is high-dose vitamin C to treat cancer. Cancer, okay? yeah. Um, which would be great, right? If there was yeah. something is that simple that could alleviate suffering of that many people. Wow, how, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, but what... Unlike the other studies I just mentioned, what this stuff was based on, these studies don't have a lot of good power to them, right. okay? First of all, one of them is simply checking these the, the effect of vitamin C on mice, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Um, and I, I know there's some, you know, there's some correlation that we can draw from sure. this, but when it's happening in mice, it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that it's going to happen in humans. And by the way, when we're looking at high-dose vitamin C for this sort of treatment, this is too much for you to even supplement with. Yeah, The dosing of vitamin C that they're talking about in these studies has to be injected, injected intravenously. Wow. And it is too high for you to ever be able to consume that much. We're talking sure. super levels. Of, even Linus Pauling would be jealous of these people. <laughs> they're getting that much in. But one of the studies that, that looked at this, unfortunately, was simply they looked at a vitamin C as a treatment in mice that had a quote-unquote blood cancer. <laughs> okay. It doesn't even really say what type. I don't know what types of blood cancers mice get, but yeah. that's what it was. And they found that injecting high doses of vitamin C slowed down progression of that particular blood cancer in mice. And, you know, you just got to remember, even the authors of the study say, uh, Mice are very different to people, <laughs> and there's some way to important go. Footnote. Yeah, important footnote, FYI, um, and we have some ways to go before we can say that vitamin C will actually help treat human cancer patients. That's even the authors of the study saying that. Right, and when you, well, you look at the last century of, of medical technology and science progression, and you've got these long tent poles of cancer and heart disease that, uh, you know, obviously heart disease have made a ton of progress. Cancer have made a ton of progress in terms of lengthening uh, uh, survival rates and, and even remission rates and things like that. But at the end of the day, there's no, quote, cure for these things. Uh, uh, so anytime cancer 
is in a headline yeah. in the medical news, right. it gets amplified as my anecdotal view by about a hundred times right. relative to the efficacy of the study itself. What the media did this time is they took the mice study, yeah. these, which wasn't relatively new, sure. new-ish, I guess, yeah. and they coupled it with another study that was done on humans, okay? Mm-hmm. The other study wasn't testing to see if vitamin C high dose would treat cancer. Mm-hmm. They were just making sure humans could even tolerate yeah. the type of dosing they were given the mice. Yeah. So the other study looked at the safety of high-dose vitamin C injections in patients with certain types of cancer, uh, non-small cell lung cancer, or glioblastoma, which is a, like a brain cancer. They weren't even looking to see if it was a treatment for those mm-hmm. patients. They just wanted to make sure those patients could even tolerate the high dosing of vitamin C. What they probably told those patients was, hey, we have this mice data that looked somewhat promising in mice. We want to try it in humans. Unfortunately, you have cancer. And, and I'm, you know, when you get to that point where you have these end-stage diseases, you'll probably try anything. And they said, look, if it was promising in mice, maybe it'll help you and it will help us understand this. So can we give you high doses of vitamin C? But they were not looking to see if it was a treatment in that study. They were only looking to see if humans could even tolerate it. And what they found was we could, mm-hmm. we could tolerate those high doses, but the number of patients included in that study were very, very small. Hmm. Um, you're talking a subset of patients of around 30 compared to some of the other studies we mentioned, which were tens of thousands. So in a small study of patients with certain types of cancer, they found that at least the high-dose injections were safe. Hmm. In other words, it didn't you know, completely yeah. tear up the patient's stomach. But there were some other headlines to peel out of, of these human studies mm-hmm. that the mainstream press didn't. You mentioned side effect. Well, they were doing this study in patients with breast cancer, and what they found was that if you gave high-dose vitamin C to patients with breast cancer, it would actually limit the effectiveness of current cancer treatments like the very popular tamoxifen. Mm. So that's a little side note. So they had, to stop, note. They had yeah. to stop the study early in patients with breast cancer. Um, so, and, they, and, and just like... Um, you know, any study that's quote unquote new, these studies don't have any, we don't know any long-term data. So they weren't actually able to say that it improved um, life expectancy or cancer survival rates. They could mainly say that, yeah, we could safely tolerate it, but in certain types of cancer, if you're already on a medicine um, like tamoxifen, we can't even give you that because it slows down how the tamoxifen works. One other thing that did come out from this study, which I thought was um, remarkable, had to do with, and I don't, I'm not sure if this was an, a primary endpoint, but it became a secondary endpoint, was the effectiveness on vitamin C for patients with long, long-term chronic pain. And this is crazy what they found. Mm-hmm. A 72% reduction in pain. Wow. So again, you, you know, you do these things, you do these studies, and sometimes things start showing up that you didn't expect, but that's very interesting, right? Sure. So, so when you're looking to see, is it safe to use in cancer patients? Okay, it looks like it's safe in some. What are the negatives? Well, it maybe slows down how popular chemotherapy agents like tamoxifen work, so avoid it in those patients. But wow, look what it did for patients in chronic pain, a 72% reduction in their pain scores. And that's why I'd rather treat someone with vitamin C than with an opiate, right? Absolutely. So pretty interesting stuff. But that's where the mainstream media jumped on. They took a, a one study on mice. 
They took a little bit of data from the study, small study that was on humans, and voila, you create a headline that maybe high-dose vitamin C can cure cancer. Yep. It <laughs> makes perfect sense. So so question for you, though. I mean, it sounds like there there is some level of efficacy to high-dose vitamin C um, having a net positive risk-reward ratio for many people, if not all people, and you should consult your doctor be, before you take any big steps. But you, know, you can get, if you're going to do high-dose vitamin C, you're either going to be taking a lot of pills, or there are other ways to get it, like uh, powders. You know, you can actually get powders that you mix in your protein shakes yeah. or whatever. D- are you aware of any uh, benefit or, or throughput loss if you use a powder over a capsule? Um, you know, we've had nutritionists on the show before who tell us the more complex the structure you're trying to break down, yeah. the more chance you have to absorb it because mm-hmm. it slows it down. So I don't know any data that shows a pill is better absorbed than a powder that may go through you a little quicker. Um, but if we apply those same principles that they've told us, the vitamin C you got from a whole food mm-hmm. would probably be the best absorbed. Mm-hmm. And I would say maybe some sort of tablet or chewable is next. And then, uh, and then maybe a powder is next. I, I don't know, but I don't know the data, okay. but if you apply those same principles, that would kind of make sense. Of course, we always recommend trying to get your nutrients through whole foods. But when you're talking about vitamin levels like this, you're going to have to supplement. There is just no way. You just get a Camelback with some orange juice. You're just kind of working <laughs> on it all day long. Yeah, right. I'm They're on my just, second gallon uh, Otherwise, today. there's no way, right? So um, we would prefer you get it through Whole Foods, but in this case, you may actually have to supplement to get to that 800 milligram level. Okay, hey, we got to go to break. Stay tuned. We're going to have more Eye on Health. All right. Yeah, nothing like a little Van Halen to get yeah. you going in the morning. That's great. Hey, it's Eye on Health. It's Mardi Gras weekend. It is. And uh, Tuesday, as we verified earlier in the show. Is Fat Tuesday. Is Fat Tuesday, <laughs> which makes sense given it's Mardi Gras weekend. Yeah, right. Um, uh, so, you know, if you're looking for a proactive thing to do for Lent instead of something to give up, maybe something you want to add to your routine, sounds like vitamin C may be something to consider. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. right. And uh, again, don't need Linus Pauling type doses of 20 grams a day, but there are good studies. It seems like that 1,000 milligram amount would 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 get you to where you need to be, right? Um, that study from UCLA showed 800 milligrams um, was was a pretty good mm-hmm, amount. Mm-hmm. Um, over the break, I was looking at some of the other studies. Seems like a thousand milligrams would be a nice uh, a nice number to try to hit. Uh, going back to the cold and flu, um, we we're talking about. I gave the wrong number. I said a 50 percent reduction in cold and flu symptoms. It's actually an 85 percent reduction in cold and flu symptoms. And the dosing in that study was. A thousand milligrams per hour for six hours mm-hmm. um, showed that much of a reduction in cold and flu symptoms. Remember, um, if you have a history of ulcers in your stomach, you want to be be careful. Yeah, and one of the things we uh, I asked you about, we you know we didn't know. I, I googled an article, so take it for what it's worth on whether taking it in a powder form versus a capsule or chewable tablet sounds like as far as it's your body's ability to absorb it, even whether it's synthetic or versus natural, is about the same from oh, a bioavailability okay. standpoint. However. Uh, obviously, if you have trouble swallowing, a powder makes more sense. But powders and chewables will expose your teeth more directly to the oh, absorbic acid sure, right. versus a pill form, which is better for your teeth. So maybe it's a slight tilt toward the uh, capsules yeah, over over sure. powders and pills sure, or powders yeah. and chewables. Interesting. Good. Well, very good. That's good stuff on vitamin C. Um, hey, one thing I did want to touch on before we end the show here, we often talk about fast food its effect on society and, and culture in general, the obesity epidemic, all the long-term chronic diseases. Um, we, I do think our exposure to fast food is a big problem for that. 
But in general, if you think about it over the last 10 years, there really has been a push for some of these fast food places to at least offer healthier choices on the menu. So at least it's there on the menu, right? Mm -hmm. They don't ever advertise it. It's not a big push, but it's there on their menu. And if you're pulling your kids through to get a happy meal, maybe there's something you could get for yourself that wasn't a double quarter pounder with cheese, right? Um, So what this study looked at, um, this is from, let's see, this came out, University of Connecticut, I believe. No, uh, yeah, University of Connecticut just came out and it was looking at menus from 1986, 1991, and 2016. And they were looking to see, and they did publish this. It was peer-reviewed. It was published in a journal. They looked to see, well, are the menus lower in fat, Mm -hmm. lower in calorie, and lower in overall size on average? What do you think? (laughs) Well, uh, I'm probably not a good person to ask because I've never been a big fast food person. Uh, but I, my my hunch is, it's a mixed message. Like I, I bet there's there's some options that absolutely qualify from a from a you know menu standpoint to those things, but it's probably on on balance a little worse for you. And I'm sorry, this was uh, University of Massachusetts, not Got Connecticut. It. Sorry. Okay. Um, and the the restaurants they looked at, by the way, this will make you hungry around lunchtime. Uh-huh. Arby's and Burger King, Carl's Jr., Dairy Queen. Hardee's, I thought Hardee's and Carl's Jr. were the same, but they looked at both menus. Jack in the Box, KFC, Long John Silver's, McDonald's, and Wendy's. So you got all of them. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty healthy. Okay, just real quick here because we're coming to the end of the show. No, they did not find a reduction in Uh, average calories, average fat, average sodium. Um, No, they did not find fact. What they found, which is somewhat interesting, um, the number of foods offered at each restaurant increased at by an average of 23 items per year. Hmm. So they, there's variety that they yeah. keep introducing. That's a 226% increase per year. Each year they're changing their foods, varieties of foods, but none of them were good. <laughs> um, the average calorie increase, again, the, remember, these are all calories. The average calorie increase was about um, 30 calories per decade. Hmm. For, for an entree, so yeah. 30 more calories as the decade went on. Yeah. The biggest increase came from desserts, which really? saw a 62-calorie increase every decade. I never get a dessert I at a faster. You know, and one thing that I think is important for listeners to understand, especially if you don't go out, if you're worried about being a pain at a restaurant and all the people that work at restaurants are going <laughs> to cringe when they hear yeah. this, but... It doesn't have to be on the menu for you to order it at most fast yeah, food right. restaurants. Oh, it's, okay. You yeah. can absolutely, if they have grilled chicken breasts in a sandwich, they'll sell you one <laughs> right. or two, you know? Yeah, right. So if it, like a lot of times at McDonald's, I don't like McDonald's that much. So usually I just don't get it generally. But uh, uh, if the kids really want a happy sure. meal yeah, right. and I'm stuck, get the salad and they'll add an extra chicken breast or two if you ask for it. Yeah. And it's... Not the best thing in the world, but it's better, better than, than just about anything else got, you get. Got it. Yeah. And I've done that too, and they will do it for yeah. sure. How about portion size? There was this big push to lower portion size mm-hmm. to get away from these super, super sizes. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> Average portion size increased by 13 grams yeah. every decade. Yeah. And for de- that's for entrees, for desserts, 24 grams every decade. Yeah. And then the final thing they looked at was sodium. Is sodium getting better? No. You the know what? Sodium's going up every decade. Is I've had up. enough, Dr. Jones. <laughs> it's time for someone like Alexandria or Cortez or whatever her name, Keisha Cortez, <laughs> hey, to put a stop to this. Let's, 
We need more regulation on the fast food, folks. She's making lists, by the way. She's already making lists. Hey, speaking of lists, let's listen to what Bob's got to say about the stock market. Now, that's one list I want to follow. Uh All right, stay tuned for On the Money with Bob Stockdale. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next weekend. Get more at 971talk.com.